What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Nonsense. Real now, nonsense. Real nonsense coming at you in... I don't have a basement. I don't have a basement. I miss having a basement. Did you ever have a basement? Have, Do you have a basement? Uh, I don't... I have. A, I live in an apartment. I have a creepy murder basement where we do laundry, and um, <laughs> I haven't had. A Can you reenact uh, the Buffalo Bill? Can you drop down lotion and tell people to put it on their skin? Unfortunately, no. But we our our hallways look like they're from The Shining. We've got a very <gasps> yeah, just a very creepy vibe everywhere in this building. It's, that is terrifying. It's, good. it's. I honestly think it'd be a perfect setting for a horror movie where I live. <laughs> and there is a basement toilet as somebody in chat pointed out the polar did he uh yeah we have like there's in the laundry room there's just this door that when you open it it's like a tiny little area and there's just a toilet in there a gross dirty old broken toilet that appears to maybe be hooked up to water like maybe you could use it but you'd have to be a psychopath to do it. That's so. pretty gross. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, guys, this is episode 11, but you will notice whenever it hits your podcast feeds, episode 10 is missing. That's because technology failed. Oh, it failed man. us. So Moon is lost forever. That was which, a good one. Too. I know it was a good one, which sucks. But for those that enjoyed so we it went, live. We went, we went with a different Sam Rockwell sci-fi movie yes in order to make up for it okay. <laughs> exactly unintentionally we're doing another sam rockwell movie um so guys i do apologize technology failed but if you enjoyed it live which you can hear at least once a month ideally we'll get back on track hoping to maybe do yeah. two we shall see um but life happens we're both new dads and you know life work streams and everything just it's easy to get sidetracked but we do apologize um so this will be technically episode 11 and that'll probably be the title, Technically 11, Galaxy Quest. Um, so this week, that'll be, um, or this month, that'll be the movie that we're reviewing. Uh, if it is your first time here, format of the show, we typically will announce a movie that we are going to review together. The catch is that it must be a streamable movie. So that means a movie you could find on Netflix, Prime Video, um, maybe Hulu. I don't know. I really don't use that service too much, but really it's a movie that you can watch through a streaming service, which a lot of people have. And it's a little bit more affordable than going to the movies because, Hey, it gets expensive, but what's great is it's a bunch a real of new shame stuff. that we missed October. I know for, for like horror all the movies. I know. And I'm sure that they, that, uh, God, what's the horror movie streaming service. I have a subscription. I can shutter. I'm sure. Oh that they Yeah. Like a free thing, we could have we could have done a movie on there. Uh, maybe we should do a makeup one, horror in December. <laughs> I love. I'm down. I'm down for that idea. Yeah, so, yeah. And also too, since I mean, December is coming around, I think we'll maybe try to theme December's episode around something that's holiday related. Last year we did Gremlins as our holiday movie. Uh, we're gonna take a look and see what's coming. My fingers are crossed. Maybe for something like Die Hard. I think that'd be a fun uh, one. That's, I mean, if listen, I know it has to be streamable, but if it's if we want to do Die Hard, I have Die Hard on Laserdisc. I can just you know like mail it out. to Laserdisc, pass it along. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Laserdisc copy ready to go. So. Oh my gosh, Jack Frost. I'm, Wait, the Michael Keaton one? Okay, I was hoping for the Michael Keaton one, serotonin. Oh darn. Ah, uh, that's the one we know, all need. Technically, if we we did just talk about The Shining, that is all about that's winter. 
it's wintry. That could be what we do for uh, for the Halloween one, and then we do like a Christmas cheery one. Yeah, yeah. See, big brains, big brains. Die Hard would be pretty great. Old brains. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, just seeing if Sam Rockwell has any uh, Christmas movies. That's that's (gasps) man. I hope it's like early, early on where he has like little to nothing at all. Like in terms of experience, like it's his early filmography. Like he's really, really young. That would be just the absolute best. I wonder if he has anything where he was pretty young. Apparently, he was in the 1990s Ninja Turtles movie, according to IMDb. What? As he played Head Thug. That's his role in that. So that's amazing. Head Thug for the win, dude. (laughs) That's pretty great. Like serotonin did specify, he said Jack Frost is a horror Christmas movie that's really bad. I'd argue that even the Michael Keaton one is horrific. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I it just depends on your definition movies. of horror, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So before we get into our review of Galaxy Quest, Mega, what's some of the stuff you've been watching since we've uh, last kind of been here? It's been a few months. It has been. The only yeah. things that are on my mind right now is, I mean, it was October, like we discussed. I watched a lot of horror movies. I watched uh, the new Halloween movie, which I was really excited for. What were your yeah. thoughts about that as someone who's a fan of horror compared to the others? Uh, like, because it, it takes I, place, what, after Halloween 2? It takes right? place after Halloween 1. Mm. Halloween has probably... I'm not necessarily a huge uh just horror movie fan mm-hmm. excuse the crying baby for a moment the wife's gonna go grab her oh that's um, okay um but i'm a massive fan of halloween mm-hmm. i think the original halloween is one of my top five favorite movies ever period not just horror movies okay um, so this is a franchise you're you're deeply connected to and i'm enjoy. pretty invested every year as a kid i would watch the full halloween marathon on amc like that was that was my jam so i love the whole michael myers saga it has the stupidest timeline ever now. yeah it's, been, it's a bit obnoxious it's got like four reboots to the series if you count the rob zombie remakes but this is just a sequel to the original 1976 film, the or 78. Uh, it's 40 years later. 1978 John Carpenter film. Yeah. So it ignores two, um, and everything after. And I think the movie was okay, mm-hmm. but not nearly as good as it could have been. Gotcha. Um, I saw it probably like three times in theaters. Oh, um, so it was just yeah. okay, but you saw it three times. Well, I, I have, you ever like introduce somebody to like a movie franchise and then you're kind of like, you're their link to that franchise. So uh, you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. To take them to see the new movie. I'm that way with like anybody I've ever lived with. I make them watch Halloween on Halloween. I'm like, nice. That's, that's what I'm doing. I watch it every October 1st and 31st. So who got indoctrinated this year? Um, well, I didn't necessarily, it was nobody new got indoctrinated, but because there was a new movie, two of my roommates from college that mm-hmm. were like, they came back to town for the holidays and they were like, oh, we got to go see Halloween. And I'm like, all right, I guess we'll go. And then I saw it 
at the drive-in theater they did a double showing <gasps> of the original and the new one dude um, that is that sounds like the way to see it yeah that was a lot of fun that's cool um i think the movie was pretty good uh better than most of the other halloween sequels because they're pretty much garbage most of them mm-hmm. um but it didn't have the suspense that makes the original Halloween great. The original Halloween, nobody even like dies until like 45 minutes into the movie or later. Yeah. Like, there's only like three deaths. It's like a Venom very Kinder suspenseful Kinder. movie. Like you're thinking yeah. there's more that's going to happen and it just took a long time. Yeah. Technically two people die early on, but you know, it's like when Michael six and then it's like a dead body you see, but then the rest of the movie is just him stalking. You're like located in one spot, the whole original movie and and it's just so like it's almost like real time you're always seeing michael in the background in the original Mm -hmm. skulking about and you're just like eventually you're just like when is he gonna do it you know (laughs) like just kill her right and in this movie it's like you're introduced to a character as soon as you know michael's there he kills them pretty much like there's not it's lacking in that suspense and it's too spread out of a film yeah and because they ignored all the other movies it makes it really unbelievable that there's this strong connection between him and Lori in a way, because it's like, she was just some chick that he picked at random. Like he didn't care about her. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was, he never was like, I got to kill that Lori in the first movie. It was just like, all right, well that's the girl I'm going to follow and kill tonight. Like, Oh my gosh. So in a way it's almost like jaws, like jaws one, you're waiting forever for the shark to show up but you have all these like dun, dun, and like you the pov shots of the shark and you're like oh it's gonna happen no it's not happening nope. not, not uh, yet yeah. not yet that's, uh, the, uh, that's the best thing in a, in a great horror movie is that feeling of you know something's going to happen and it's when is it going to happen yeah i read somewhere recently somebody talking about how that's what like what real suspense is, is knowing it's going to happen, but not like how or when. And you're just like, just get to it. You're going crazy as a viewer. Yeah. I remember I went to um, the first time I went to South by Southwest, uh, I got to see an early screening of Sam Raimi's uh, Drag Me to Hell, which was his first like venture back after doing all the Spider-Man movies for so long. And all the effects weren't done, but it still freaked me the hell out. Like anything with possession and like stuff like that, those kind of spookies, I struggle with. <clears throat> like they freak me out. And so it's very, he was very much like he mastered that in this movie, or at least like demonstrated that he had that kind of control of taking like like rolling your fingers on a table and just mm-hmm. using that to like build. But nothing would happen the first couple times. But then it would happen again, but then like the camera would like push in more on it. The hand would look a little bit scarier, but then nothing would come of it. But like, there's all these moments of it just ramping up over and over. And that's just the one that I can remember offhand, but there would be these small little buildups that because you've seen other horror movies or your mind starts creating your own worst case scenario, you start thinking of what could happen or what's coming. And you think of, Oh no. And then nothing happens. You build up. Yeah. This anticipation and then yeah. eventually get the payoff, which, which freaks you out even more, but also in a way brings a little bit of like release and mm-hmm. like joy at the moment, which I think is maybe yeah. why some people enjoy horrors, horror movies so much is because like there's this like almost like dopamine dump into your brain that's like 
pleasing when it happens but like you're like oh, oh yes ah oh my god it's like this it's like ripping a band-aid off it's like it's finally over like it's just like ah like yeah exactly I, I think that that's like they say it's the the scariest things are like in our mind imagining it is scarier than it actually happened so mm-hmm. not showing what's happened or building up to it and just never releasing that pressure as long as you can is always going to be better for than, sure than just like massive killing sprees because the other the main other thing that I watched that sticks out to me in my mind in October was I watched a six and a half hour long documentary on the making of the entire Friday the 13th franchise <gasps> with each movie broken down. Dang. And Where'd you see it? How'd you see it? It was, it was on shutter. It was just, I typed in like Friday the 13th and it was just this long documentary. And I was like, well, I have all day alone with this baby today while I'm like working on other things. So let's pop this on and just watch it straight through. And those movies are just terrible. All of them. (laughs) Every Friday the 13th is bad, except with the one exception is Freddy versus Jason in my mind. And Honestly, the remake is better than any of the movies before it. Freddy vs. Jason was fun. It is fun, and that's why it's... And it's fun, and it's like... It feels more like an action movie than a horror movie at times. Right? Like, they're superheroes at this point. Like, like they're unkillable. But it's like, I want to see the giant, you know, lizard fight the giant monkey. I want to see Godzilla and King Kong go toe-to-toe. Full knowing that they're probably both going to survive, but whatever. Just let it happen. That's a ludicrous fight. King Kong climbs buildings and Godzilla is the size of buildings. You know? <laughs> like that's a, that's a stupid movie thing that Right. He should be able to like just tear me. him in half. Just Yeah. Exactly. Like King Kong, it would be like me trying to fight King Kong is King Kong trying to fight Godzilla. Like mm-hmm. that's the size. It's it's stupid, but that's a whole other topic. It's a whole other <laughs> bunch of nonsense. But yeah. The Friday Thirteenth movies are the perfect opposite. I feel like of the uh, original Halloween film, as, <laughs> especially as they progress, because they just get so much more and more obsessed with like how many kills can we get and how gory can we make them and stuff. And I still love them, but mm-hmm. they're not good anymore. It's mostly like I'm impressed at how they managed to make this more than anything. Like mm-hmm. when you see a really good gory effect. It's it's more just like in the craftsmanship I'm interested in than actually being afraid, which is yeah, pretty much what they were going for. And all those movies really got gutted by the MPAA. Every Friday Thirteenth movie in the documentary, they're like, yeah, here's all the kills we wanted to do that we filmed. Like, nope, that's too graphic, so we couldn't do it anymore. Oh my so gosh, I'm sure a lot sucks. of those today would totally fly. I know, like they showed the like the seventh movie is like the horrible everybody says and but like all the original kills they have some crappy footage of it that remains that is like they're all like awesome looking and they're all just cutaway shots in the actual movie Mm -hmm. that was released and all the original footage is like deleted other than the really really crappy like worn out vhs tape copies of it so Mm -hmm. they'll never be like a an actual director's cut which is a shame because i think that one has potential that's the one where Jason fights a psychic teenage teenage girl. Um, 
<laughs> female professor x or fights gene gray essentially <laughs> yes dude actually i would love to awesome. see that gene gray yeah. versus jason <gasps> the movie is awesome like in its concept it's the first movie that has the most famous jason playing him kane hotter and the stunts like they drop a house on him they set him <laughs> on fire he's like running like around while he's on fire it's it's actually it's it has potential i'm telling you i think it was originally supposed to be the it was supposed to be freddy versus jason that hmm. movie ah. um and they couldn't get the rights worked out so they were like we still want jason to fight somebody so Ooh. they got instead they got tina the psychic teenager whose dad died when she was young <laughs> such a freaking stupid movie i love it brilliant though. let's do it yeah what have you been watching well Hopefully before we get to trash th- horror movies right before we get there what's the name of that documentary series just in case anybody oh, wants to watch goodness. it do you remember no, I, I do not remember like i said i typed in friday the 13th and just went from there um yeah because my sister is a on. huge horror buff and i definitely oh, want to at least recommend it to her and her husband i think it's just called crystal lake memories crystal lake memories cool yeah well, there you go dude. If, she is, if she's big on friday 13th as well another just this is just one last thing friday mm-hmm. 13th related there's a short on youtube called never hike alone which is a fan film that's like 40 minutes long oh. that it starts off um with this like survivalist youtuber is the character uh-huh. And he's just like hike uploading his vlog video or whatever and he ends up at crystal lake and he does battle with jason and it's dude like that's awesome a more it's it's a really like well put together movie probably one of the better friday the 13th movies and it even features a cameo by uh the closest thing to a leading surviving character in friday the 13th tommy jarvis he's, all right uh, he's in the fourth movie through the sixth movie, like the character is, and they got the actor from the sixth movie in this short as him. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty entertaining. Nice, yeah. that's awesome. Well, I mean, we're like as far as like movie going for us, the thing that we've kind of transitioned to in our house is a lot of stuff we see now is solely streamable movies, which is was part of the inspirations for the for the podcast too, is you know, I don't get to go to the movies that much and if I'm seeing something new, it's through Redbox or I have to stream it. Um but some of the stuff that we've been doing, um my wife and I recently saw uh Black Klansman, the Spike Lee movie. Have you had a mm-hmm. chance to check that out? I have not had a chance to check that out. Yeah. How is it? If you well here's the thing too. If you like Spike Lee movies, I think this might be one of his best. I very much enjoyed it. Um, the dichotomy of the two characters. Now, for those who don't know, the the gist of the Black Klansman takes place uh, during not long after segregation was put around in the United States, which means um, African-Americans and whites at the time for schooling and buses and all that crap were... Um, mandated to be treated separately and have their own separate things like separate water fountains, separate transportation, uh, separate schools, all that stuff. So during this time is when it's set is when that starts to come down and we're following the first ever African-American cop to be on a, I don't think it's the Denver police force, but it's one of the Colorado police departments. Um, first ever and the only one in the entire building that's a cop. Um, and initially starts out working like in the mailroom or whatever. 
um, eventually shows a knack for being able to be useful for going underground to get information about the Black Panthers um, and potentially having like, you know, bomb threats or something in their city and just to get intel. And then he ends up, I think, getting more information about the KKK. But like what's really cool about this guy is he's um, he's incredibly educated and he doesn't he sounds very uh, hick like like he sounds like a redneck when he talks like he sounds like a you know like a white dude you know if you were to like listen to how everybody else sounds like it's not a stereotypical African-American speaking and he points that out to his chief and to his lieutenant saying like listen you know he like gets on a phone call with the, I think the recruiting officer for the KKK in his region and like has a full conversation with him. And he's like, Hey, he wants to meet me. And he's like, does he know what you look like? (laughs) He's like, not really, but you know, I've got a plan. And his plan (laughs) is to use some of the other guys in their, um, undercover group to have one guy pose as the white version of him when he goes to meet people but because he has the lingo and is able already has established a rapport with this guy, like the head of the whole KKK at the time, who is still, by the way, the head of the whole KKK in this movie that the character plays. Like, this is still like an active guy. And this is based on a true story, which also makes it kind of cool. Um, he just has this rapport and then just passes notes to the guy that's going to the stuff and teaches him like okay this is what i said this is what we talked about da, 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 da. you're gonna go to the meeting you're gonna give me everything that you talked about so i can reference that in the phone call so this sounds essentially like the plot of the netflix film sierra burgess is a loser in which yeah. the actress that plays beth from stranger things is trying to seduce a, a boy from another high school who doesn't know what she looks like so she uses uh, an attractive girl in her in her place for any sort of meetings that they sure do. you can think of it as like the very you can think of it's like it's a historical version of catfishing <laughs> but it's catfishing a racial hate group yeah, is essentially okay. what it is so that's pretty much the premise of the movie and yeah adam driver is in it he plays um the agent that poses as um the african-american agent when they do the live meetings and what's cool about adam driver's character is he's jewish and so it's a white Jewish uh, male infiltrating the KKK. For those who don't know, KKK hates basically everything except they for don't their like anybody. They really, yeah, they really hate kind of everything. So in a way, but also too, like you get to kind of experience his like identity crisis of he was raised Jewish, but he really uh, didn't fully believe that he was Jewish. And so this whole process of him, like, discovering himself what does he really believe and then the other guy who has a dog in the fight too um but it's great topher grace is in it as well playing the uh the head of the kkk sold yeah and I can't, <laughs> yeah you know what i need to i need to look up the uh the guy's name that's in it um that plays the main actor because i also want to use his name too like his actual like name is it John David Washington? Yes, John David Washington playing Ron Stallworth is who he plays. So Ron Stallworth is a real man. It's his actual name. Um, He actually has a KKK membership card that has his name on it. And he still has it and carries it to this day. They have membership cards? Yes, he totally does. And so what's crazy is he he went through the whole process in between uh, Ron Stallworth and... Where's Adam Driver's character? Where are you? And Flip Zimmerman 
is the character that he played. So Flip Zimmerman would be the white version of Ron Stallworth. But the identity of Ron Stallworth was the one doing the infiltrating. It's an amazing movie. It's really, really cool. Um, and it is pretty long, though. It's about two hours, I believe. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, not too bad. So you tell me, you tell me pretty long. I'm thinking like hour. I no, I mean it's not like ridiculous that. in terms of like its length, but it's it's good if you like. And that's the other thing: if you like Spike Lee movies, I think this is one of his best. Um, very much worth a watch. We saw it on uh, through Redbox, and then another thing that we checked out was the Meg. <laughs> Which... I have not seen the Meg, but <laughs> I, uh, I've listened. To, I've listened to some reviews of the the Meg. Mm-hmm. Was it everything you dreamed of and more? It's you know that you're going to McDonald's, yeah, and you're getting a cheeseburger because that's what you want. You're yes. like, you know what? I want this cheeseburger, and I will not be disappointed if there's extra cheese. And that's now, exactly what I got. Did the cheeseburger look like the one in the picture, or did it look like the one that they stepped on before they handed it out the window? It more looks like the one that isn't in the picture and is a little bit kind of messy and sloppy, but okay. in a way that made it taste better is the best analogy okay. I could get. It's oh, it's really full of one-liners and like groan, like, wow. But at the same time, it's great. Um, it's fun. It's... um. Oh gosh, I, f- I forget his name. The uh, shoot, the British actor, Jason Statham. Jason Statham, yeah. And so he's in it. He's got his typical like you know expected hero lines and stuff. The CG of the shark is actually it's not ridiculous. It it kind of fits the premise and decisions people make. Like, please. Uh, <laughs> but it's fun. It's really one of those like. I came home and I told my wife I want to watch a stupid action movie where. I can just sit there and not focus, and it was perfect. It was exactly what oh, I needed. A stupid action movie. What do we got with Jason Statham? <laughs> exactly. It's like, what has what Jason Statham done lately? Ah, he's done this. Perfect. Speaking of Jason Statham, are we excited for his fascinating spinoff movie with The Rock, where I can't remember the names of their characters? Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. Isn't are Kevin Hart supposed to be in that? Is he? I did not know he was. Is he playing the the little kidnapped child they're rescuing, or what? <laughs> I don't know. He's I probably going to be. If Kevin Hart was the villain opposite of oh. The Rock and Jason Statham, I think that would be the greatest film ever made. Probably. That would be pretty great, and I kind of want that to be true, just because he's so mousy and quippy. Yeah. He, that could work. I mean, you do want your villain to be opposite of your heroes way so mm-hmm. like truly polar opposites like yeah. much more squeaky not really epic in terms of his speeches mm-hmm. half his height it's great have him be in it early and they the, uh, he could be like the, the reveal villain you know like they just they write <laughs> him off unassuming little kevin hart he couldn't be a threat oh you could make it like the incredibles where like you first meet him like i'm your number one you fan treats him like <laughs> crap and becomes the villain <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah the meg is fun oh and that's another thing we saw too incredibles too Watched that uh, this weekend. That's a good movie. Yeah, finally got to see it. Enjoyed it. I like how it truly just picked right up where it left off, and it was it was fun. It really did. Yeah, I think the only uh, when I saw it, the only thing that even slightly bothered me, I could just kind of hear 
that the actors were a little bit older because some of like mm. Mr. Incredible and Miss Incredible are they're up there in their in their years. Sure. You know, and I could just I could just it only when I watched it again at my at my sister's like house it was on when I was picking up the baby the other day, like it didn't bother me there, but right. in the movie theater with like just the really crisp audio, I was like, I can tell that you're just a little I can hear that age in your voice, which is fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, you could definitely tell it's that Holly Hunter was yeah. a little bit older, but to me it wasn't like as stark. Like I actually found myself kind of listening for it. And mm-hmm. I think once it kind of got rolling, I think I just mentally just kind of tuned that out pretty quick. But it was cool though. Like it's one of those where visually it wasn't too huge of a departure in a way. Mm-hmm. It's almost but like it looked way it looks way better, but it's like Right. But yeah. It looks the same. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. It's almost yeah. like with Toy Story. But, like, mm-hmm. it's a better, I think, transition for Toy Story. Like, to- the difference between, like, Toy Story 1 and 2 and 3 are vastly different, I feel like. But Incredibles 1 and Incredibles 2, to me, don't feel that stark, even though the time between the two is insane. It's, like, 2004 was the yeah, first Incredible, so it's 14 years. It's ridiculous. That's a very long time. Yeah. Between movies. It's and insane to, to think. keep the tone so well. I just... I I remember walking out of the theater seeing that one thinking that was the best superhero action of any superhero movie that I saw like the entire like year. Mm-hmm. Just all of the stuff with the um the girl who creates portals. Oh, the, the daughter, yeah. Was Violet? No, Violet makes the force field. Oh, yeah, you're thinking of yeah, the other girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the chick who can throw the portals mm-hmm. or whatever she does like I don't know the action with her and the thought process behind how to use the powers was yeah very good. It's almost movie. like somebody saw early bits of Infinity War and was like, mm-hmm. you know what, we could do something <laughs> like that too, or maybe mm-hmm. vice versa. I don't know because they were both Disney. That's true. Yeah, I mean, and they both probably took a million years to make both of those movies so i'm sure there was plenty of chance to inspire each other at the Mm -hmm. studio yeah i did think it was kind of fun that bob odenkirk kind of made an appearance in incredibles too oh yeah i was very surprised rocked it yeah once i heard him i was like i know that guy yeah they definitely wanted you to think he was going to be the villain (laughs) they Mm. really they set up that businessman it was like the biggest red herring of all time it's like right okay yeah mm-hmm. he was yeah he's yeah. definitely totally the bad guy <laughs> uh, that was the that was probably the only uh i mean it's a kid's movie so i can't complain it was just the plot was obvious but it's a kid's movie so sure i'm not like mad about it you know mm-hmm. one last thing wow. because it's it's just been forever um mm-hmm. was maniac the netflix miniseries have you had a chance oh, to check that out? I now that you bring it up again, I remember I watched the first like three episodes one day and then totally forgot to continue <gasps> watching it. You need to I finish really liked, it. I really like the episodes I watched. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. So for those that don't know, Netflix they have this. It's another original piece of programming. It's called Maniac. It's a it's a mini series. So I don't think they're going to keep going with it. I think it's just going to be what feels like just a very long movie. Yeah. Um, I, especially just with the actors in it, I'd be surprised if it kept going. Yeah. It's a big expense. It's got Jonah Hill and Emma stone are kind of your big headliners takes place in this slightly not dis 
dystopian, but future where there's just, there's a lot of people and a lot of technology and people are having a hard time like finding money. And so they end up doing like a lot of different things like doing fate. It's like almost like the app favor where people could do things for money. Like I'll go stand in line for you or I'll go pick up some food for you or I'll get you, I'll drive you somewhere, but take into like the next level. Like someone will pretend to be your friend for money or people will go to like medical studies, but intense ones that last months to help make rent or whatever. And that's kind of the premise of where this goes is these two people end up going to a same study and then things kind of happen with it. Um, it's pretty fantastic. It's a little bit weird. It's a little bit out there, but visually it's a beautiful show. It shot super well. The acting in it is fantastic. Um, Jonah Hill's character seems to be maybe partly manic might have schizophrenia and Emma Stone's character seems like she's either bipolar or she's very maybe manic depressive. Um, but their chaotic lives kind of collide with each other and seeing them go through this experimental treatment where they're rewiring your mind to help you deal with trauma and kind of where that goes and how they visually show it to you kind of like inception meets a bunch of other weird, like inception and the matrix, but not as crazy as the matrix, but sometimes it kind of is it's, it's, Can we get some Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind vibes? Yeah, Eternal Sunshine's a great one as well. Yeah, it's almost like if you got the three of those and put them in a blender and mm-hmm. spread it out over like eight episodes, eight or nine episodes. Maybe even longer, maybe 11, I'm not sure. Um, but well worth a watch. And not all the episodes are the same length too. Like some of them are like 45 minutes, one's like 30, another one's like 55. They fluctuate and vary, but it has great pacing. And so if you're looking for something that's you know, a little bit more heady and it's very fun to discuss. I, I very much recommend it. And honestly too, I would almost maybe be up for doing like just a whole episode talking about maniac. I guess I got to watch it then. Yeah, you should. You I, really, really I should. I really got to do it. Yeah. Now, you watch, now you've got me thinking about the Netflix shows. Did you watch the haunting of Hill house? I have not because I'm a baby. Oh, I'm, I'm a child. It's really man. not very scary, but you were talking about well shot. And that is a series that's very well shot. As really? Well. There's okay. there's one episode that essentially is kind of jumping back and forth between two time periods. And anytime it jumps back and forth, the scene is always like one take. Each scene is one one take. Oh, episode. man. So there's maybe like eight scenes, but they're all like one long take. Mm. All of them. And it's and that show. I need to see it has tons of fun little details uh hidden in the background too like if you're keeping an eye out there are hidden ghosts in pretty much every single episode (laughs) in like different spots that are a lot of fun to just like keep your eyes peeled on and pause and go and just like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so man i definitely need to uh, check that one out i think you'd like that one it's not too okay i heard like okay so one of the guys that i work with one of our one of our editors is a huge horror guy, but also has like, he's very desensitized to a lot of horror movies and he's telling me that he thought it was freaky. And so if he's telling me that it's scary, I don't know. I guess it depends on what kind of stuff scares you. The exorcist will keep me up for weeks if I watch it. So are you afraid of that? See, that's demons versus ghost hauntings are 
different things. Does the ghost touch me or invade my safe space? Um, not a lot. I'd say it's really. Like is it just jumping out at me, or is it like is it no. interacting with me? There's really only one jump scare uh, that they're in the entire like eight episodes of the show the mm-hmm. entire time, and it's like in the second to last episode. It's it's. It's really more of like a family drama that has to take place in a haunted house. <laughs> like, it's All right, really, I may try, and if I don't sleep, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> if I can't I sleep, you can and, handle it. All right, I may give it a try. I may give it a try. I, I, I don't know. I, I think you, you'll be able to get past it. There are definitely some scarier moments in the show, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of it is them like as adults not even in the haunted house and stuff so it's really uh, not too bad not too bad all right um, all right yeah i think uh i know we got to talk about this movie but now i'm just thinking about other stuff I watched <laughs> I, we 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 really have gone too long because just another thing i rewatched was another john carpenter movie the thing which <gasps> oh my gosh we'll dude. how that movie is so good that's really just all i need to say is that movie's so good i'm overdue <laughs> to see the thing honestly like i still want to do this one this one thing next time i see the thing i've always wanted to do this especially since we have a we have good airflow in our house so what i want to do is i want to turn off all the heat in the house let the house get super cold like do this in like the middle of December or something like cold for Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like 20 <laughs> degrees, 30 degrees if we're lucky, um, but freeze it out. And the only light source in the house is the fireplace. Open up all the windows. So even more cold air circles through, you have to wear warm jackets and just sit there hey, just, and watch the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to do, man. Yeah. Definitely the Kurt Russell. That's what I want. Why would I do that for immersion? Puff immer- magic. Yeah, That movie is, uh, that's such a just masterfully little suspenseful movie. Mm-hmm. So much tension and seclusion. So and good, I really man. want do you know there's a PlayStation 2 game of the thing like no. based on it? Yeah. Is it bad? Um, it's actually supposedly like okay. Like not amazing, but like you like not terrible. And okay. I've heard I've heard good things about it. Honestly, I've been trying to find a copy of it so I can play it. Like Man. That'd be a fun one to do, though. That'd be a, that'd be a fun let's play. Are you yeah. familiar with Mondo? I am not familiar with Mondo. Okay, so Mondo um, is like mean, unless you mean Mondo Burger, Good Burger, in which case, yes. No, no, definitely not. Now this is <laughs> good reference, though. Um, so Mondo, they do like screen prints that are like limited runs, and they do like collectible pins and stuff like that. But they've started to do board games, and they made a the thing board game. Ooh, called outpost 31 and i really want to play it so like the version of it is so somebody is the infected but nobody else knows who that person is and so the objective really is if you're not infected you're trying to get to the helicopter but you also have to like get certain things from certain rooms from the base and then make your way out the infected person's job is to infect as many people as they can or make it on the helicopter to get out or have an infected player make it to the helicopter, but also to not get caught. And so like the goal is to, it's basically like kind of like clue meets secret Hitler. And you ever played the betrayal um, on the house on the hill or something like that. It's called, Mm -mm. 
uh that's like another board game where like one person is the villain and has opposite objectives of everybody else i think the only difference there is you know who the villain is because the game starts off you're none of you are haunted or none of you are like possessed and you explore the house and each room you enter has like a chance to trigger the haunts and there's like 60 haunts in that game that's cool uh, yeah um but this sounds like kind of like that in concept where you're you've got that asymmetric gameplay of everybody being against one person but i like this idea of my my college roommates and i used to do it all the time when we we would talk about the thing or we would watch it be like a week where we would just be like hey can you come into this room with me i need to show you something we're just pretending we're like the thing it's just the way it is in those movies those body snatcher movies that's awesome so I'll be like right back in a board game form. Yeah. Hey, That's I need awesome. your help with the laundry. Just you. You guys <laughs> stay. <laughs> That's awesome. All righty. So that's what we've been watching dudes and also some board game recommendations. If you're looking to flesh that out and get ready for the holiday season, honestly, board games, I hope to do a little bit more of that for the holidays. I like board games and I want to play more of them. I love playing board games. I hate learning board games. Yeah, same. Learning a board game is like a destiny raid. Just somebody explaining mechanics. It's like someone just carry me. Tell me what to do. Uh, Get me through the first one and I'll be able to play the second time, please. Somebody hands you a 40 page like manual. Like, don't worry. It's really easy when you start playing. It's like, great. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jeez. I remember like one that we started a while back, like a couple years ago was a zombicide. You ever heard of that one? I have not heard of Zombicide. Have you ever played Left 4 Dead, the video game? Yes. It is a board game Left 4 Dead. Interesting. It is fun as hell. And so, like, you have all these different characters that have, like, different abilities. So, like, somebody can move, like, two spaces instead of the other or can always quietly open doors regardless of what weapon they use or um, can hold or if they have a pistol, they automatically assume, like, they're akimbo they always get to carry two even if they only are carrying one and like your character like levels up you can get more health and stuff like that and it has all these like giant scenario tiles you can you basically like it's a modular board it's fun it's really cool but like once you kind of at least understand how the movement works it's it's just left for dead it's not too crazy but that's a fun one that's always a good one welcome to talking board games yeah real board games stream all right for sure. All right. So we're going to get to uh, the trailer for our movie this month. Galaxy Quest. Oh, I probably need to unmute the site. God. What the heck? I know. What a potato. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I got to turn this thing on. Ha ha. Voice meter banana. There we go. Redo. Ba-bam. In the far reaches of the galaxy, a civilization is under siege. We are all that is left. They've searched the universe for a leader. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. 
He will save us. What they got. Never give up and never surrender. We're struggling TV actors. You are our last hope. Where's my limo? Okie dokie. And they're about to put on a command performance. Eight million light years away. We are actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors. That was a hell of a thing. Now. Laredo, take us out. You gotta move to the right. Would you sit your ass down? You wanna drive this thing? Acting like heroes. The whole thing was just a misunderstanding. May not be enough. They look like little children. Hi, little guy. Oh, darn. DreamWorks Pictures presents Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Galaxy Quest. You're just gonna have to kill him. We'll go for the mouth to throw his vulnerable spots. It's a rocket that not any vulnerable spots. Oh man, such such a classic. That really, trailer is terrible, by the is way. Is it though? Because I mean, it's kind of good. It's kind of good. It? Oh, that is such a nine trailer with that crappy stock like movie trailer music playing on it. I don't know. Just, oh my god! It makes man. the movie look a lot dumber than it is. I guess. Oh, it's it's so like. fantastic. So the plot summary, according to IMDb, the alumni cast of a space opera television series have to play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. However, they also have to defend both Earth and the alien race from a reptilian warlord. This is directed by Dean Periost? Or Perisot? Perisot. Perisot. Dean Perisot. Uh, written by Dan How by David Howard and stars Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, and some other fantastic people like Sam Rockwell, Tony Shaloub, uh, Daryl Mitchell, and some other fantastic people. I really like this movie. So this movie is a little bit dated. Uh, I mean, dated in the sense that, you know, it came out in 1999. It's, it's approaching 20 years old. Yes, it is. Yeah. And I think this movie is fantastic. I and... had a hard time watching this movie for the purpose of this podcast because I try to watch things more analytically for the podcast than I normally would. Okay. But this is just one of my favorite movies ever made, and it's hard for me to watch it and be entertained the entire time. <laughs> so in the in the pantheon of your movies, where does this where does this rank for you? Oh, this is as far as like comedies go, this might be one of my like top ten favorite comedies like ever. I love this movie. Same. So much. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, um, my dad had and the old illegal card in the satellite uh, box that let us watch pay-per-views for free. <gasps> and we, me and my sister, you were the cool house this movie. Yeah. We would watch this movie over and over and over again when it was on <laughs> pay-per-view. Like, I don't know why just really love. And I, I've never even watched an episode of star Trek. And I still thought this movie was hilarious. That's when, you know, you've successfully you've made a great 
parody meta film when it's enjoyable on its own merits. Yeah. And then it only becomes funnier the more you know the tropes that it's mocking in a way. 100% agree. Coming from somebody that did same didn't really watch much Star Trek. I was a Star Wars kid growing up and the few times I'd ever seen Star Trek were just movies at one or two friends' houses for like birthday sleepovers or whatever. I never really paid attention to Star Trek much. But mm-hmm. as I watched the movie more, it just became that much funnier and then as i learned it like what you're saying too like the it's, it's the exact same experience I, I i had the exact same experience as you as a kid um just without stealing it <laughs> <laughs> so i think i think the first time i saw it i think it was through blockbuster when blockbuster was still around maybe i think we rented it i, I didn't see it in theaters so in 99 i was oh gosh i was 10 or 12 years old I believe I, say I was I was eight, eight or nine in ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got to see it at home and I just thought it was hysterical. And I remember my dad was just laughing and just, you know, was almost like on the verge of tears. And gosh, this movie was so good. And agreeing with uh, Dr. Jones and chat, too. This is a movie that was very much, I think, ahead of its time mm-hmm. in terms of its commentary on pop culture and nerd culture and con culture and just everything that surrounds it and like fandom and what that is and how ridiculous it is. But also in a way like fandom is like a thing to be celebrated and not mocked and Mm. just kind of what that means. Cause today, like I guess like in this time too, like context, like in the nineties and early two thousands being a fan of nerdy things like comic books or sci-fi things like star Wars and star Trek weren't really trendy things in the mainstream i mean they basically point that out in the movie or in the first like 10 minutes when tim allen's in the bathroom and the two jerks who are just there to make fun of everybody yeah are just like what a bunch of losers yeah you get a load of these guys up oh dude the galaxy quest dancers are coming on oh full (laughs) speed ahead (laughs) it's it's like in a way you know honestly those are the douchey kids that remind me of uh have you watched freaks and geeks okay remember the kid that like is the bully to the younger kids but yeah, is a closet yeah. nerd too, but makes fun the of them actor, for being nerds. The actor that played squints in the sandlot. Yes. Those guys in the bathroom are, is that character? They're nerds, but yeah. they're just insecure. They're insecure nerds. Yeah. They, they're not willing to admit it. Yeah. yeah. They, they it's like, you still came to this convention. Dude. You paid money to come here and spend your day doing this. You're yeah. Losers. It's fine. <laughs> be proud of it. Be proud to be losers. hundred <laughs> percent. Man. I love it. How the tables have turned like now. Or at least not turned, oh, yeah. but like there's equal footing in yes. nerd culture. I, I'd say this is a very, I mean, look at Star Trek now, like the the Star Trek franchise, the three movies, uh, mm-hmm. with like Chris Pine and them, like those are big blockbusters. Everyone sees them popular things now. It's definitely much cooler to be into this sort of sci-fi stuff and i'd like to think galaxy quest is the main reason i'd like to attribute all of it that ignore the like 30 years of star trek before it Mm -hmm. galaxy quest is the you know the only real factor in making it mainstream (laughs) i just i really like this movie a Mm -hmm. lot so what are are your super favorite parts about it like what makes this like a top 10 comedy for you 
all the performances are great. Uh, obviously, I think Sam Rockwell probably the most. So he really shines Gosh. in his performance in this movie. So good. Like, I love how he and Tony Shalhoub are like perfect foils to each other, complete opposites. Sam Rockwell's always freaking out, and Tony Shalhoub is just like. All right, whatever. I never got when I was a kid that Tony Shalhoub was supposed to be high the entire movie. Like I didn't even whenever. realize that. I thought he was just there's, like just a super chill like, dude. No, there's like a deleted scene where he's like getting high or something. Like where what? they reference that he's been like smoking weed, and that's why he's super chill. And uh, he's like for a snack when they get sucked up. Like it never once crossed my mind. Wow, he's supposed to be high during the. The movie well that yeah, makes sense because the the movie is rated pg and i wonder if yeah. they were maybe trying to maximize revenue and audience yeah, they, gain and so that they, we got to take uh, that out there's definitely i i read something and something that i've always is um she says when they're going through the chompers she says well screw that but her lips clearly say the f word yes and As i want to say when i, I was, saw it i yeah. think they say that yeah didn't they in the she theaters did they say that I don't think they did. I think they edited it um, to get the PG rating. They cut that F word out. Yeah, because in PG-13, everybody gets yeah. one. You get exactly. one token F-bomb. And that so was like, cut, this is going to be our one. Yeah, they cut that F-bomb. Man. And, uh, yeah, I think there's something with uh, Laredo, too, where he... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. Tommy Weber? That's the, the Tom, character he said. Oh, my gosh. He uh, says, you are Dar so full of it, man! And he... <laughs> is actually saying full of oh yeah you know, yeah oh daryl mitchell that's who it is daryl mitchell played uh tommy weber yeah uh, gosh dude, <laughs> i loved tommy weber like when he like yeah. breaks his arm and just starts screaming all the time <laughs> yeah. it's so good the whole cast is perfect the script i was we were talking a little bit in discord about how it's like the like a perfectly paced script it's got that perfect format because they say Act two starts on page 25 and that's the, your character leaves their old world behind and enters a new world. Like that's the cornerstone of act two. And in this movie at the 25 minute mark exactly is when they get like sucked onto the alien ship, the whole, the whole crew. Like, to me, that is like one of the coolest revelations I think I've ever heard. And, that, <laughs> and honestly, that's coming from someone like you that, you know, it, you know, yeah. is a writer or at least pays attention to script a little bit more yeah. than most. And hearing yeah. that is, I, that is like the coolest bit of info for this movie is truly it's right just, at that beat when you're supposed to hit that, yeah. like oh, to the minute. They nailed it. They just, they nailed it. I was watching, I was like, God, this movie just feels perfectly paced in the beginning. And, oh yeah, the, so obviously just the structure of it's great. And then the writing is hilarious in that I, it's very much like scream in a way where it is a meta movie that is parodying or mocking its its genre with characters that are like self-aware rather than with preposterous uh, versions of the events like there's you could mock a horror movie in two ways you could do scary movie or you could do scream or cabin in the woods yeah cabin in the woods but cabin in the woods is, is sort of along the same we have people we have the normal beats of a horror movie or the normal things that happen mm. with some framing around it. Like yeah, some yeah. Con the outsiders being in that horror movie world. Yeah. So I guess that, that'd be more like scream then I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
um as opposed to like a, a parody like scary movie where it's just let's take what happens and amp it up really big and highlight that it's stupid that way with none of the characters being in on it i yeah. like the idea of a meta movie where the characters are in on what is happening like this is these characters are basically aware they are in a normal episode of a star trek galaxy show like they're hitting all of the beats that would be totally normal you could take any of these events and mm -hmm. put it in an actual star trek episode or movie like oh no our ship got damaged. We need to go down to the planet and get a new Aurelium Fear. Like, that's a totally normal plot point that could happen. Yeah. But instead of amping it up with something ridiculous, we just get characters reacting to it, realizing that this is a ridiculous thing to actually happen. Right. And I love it, too. Like, when Sigourney Weaver, like, when something's happening to the ship, she's repeating the computer. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, doing it. it. <laughs> I'm repeating the computer. And I just, oh my gosh, I love that. I have one job on this ship and I'm going to do it. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. It's just, I don't know, such a perfectly constructed idea for a movie. And because of that fact that it's not amping it up in a silly way, it's enjoyable just for its plot too. Like, you do care about the Thermians and their plight against yeah. uh, uh, Ceres. Yeah, and all his crazy That's people. Really, he's got really good creature effects in this movie. Yeah, like Ceres for its time. Too. Yeah, like all the yeah. automated stuff, like whether he's like getting angry and little things fan out behind him or even mm -hmm. like little like spines on his head like articulate when he's talking and it's I'm pretty crazy. Money this movie had behind it because like that seems like an extra step above for something that I don't know, like it's not directly Star Trek related, you know, it's like we're parodying Star Trek with a made up thing. Like it almost seems like it would be hard to get a big budget on a movie like that. Right. To put it in perspective, at least according to IMDb, the budget they estimate is at 45 million, that's which is money. Yeah. But honestly, that's, that's quite low, at least by today's standards, that's quite low. Yeah. It's true. And its opening weekend was seven million, then gross That's US was seventy one. Cumulative not, worldwide not is ninety. Very, not a very successful movie, Galaxy. No, which to me is a little bit strange. I Probably mean because of that terrible trailer that you played earlier. <laughs> I mean, that was the main one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, the opening of this movie though is really great. Like it's these guys that have they really haven't had much of a career beyond the film or be beyond the show. You know, yes. they, this has been it, you know, there hasn't been much success beyond it and they're just kind of going through the emotions. And I love Alan Rickman's character, like the traditionally trained guy. That's like, I've done, I've been Hamlet. I've had five yes. curtain calls, but like yes. he has the same panic attack speech every time before a public appearance and they all know it. And so they yes, just know the waves for it. It's just, it's fantastic. And, and then you have Tim Allen, like the, the, the Captain Kirk of the group that's clearly the favorite and the rock star. Every, and everybody hates him. All the other actors hate yeah, him. Yeah, the fans love him, but the but I the wonder where they're him. drawing this from. Man, I know, this, right? I wonder what it could be. Mm. Oh. Oh my gosh. It's, but yeah, yeah, and just it like the way you just get introduced to Mathazar and all his people and the Thermians and just their mannerisms. Are, it's so alien 
and just not human, but you could tell they're trying to be human to like not freak them out. Yeah. But I think also because they want to be like, I guess the crew of the protector in every sense, like the way they look and the way they operate. But yeah. this uh, is their religion. The protector yeah. Is. Like, yeah. It's just so crazy. And oh gosh, I, I love the I love introduced Goofy. in that. But we also get introduced in that big scene to our first theatrical, uh, performance by young justin long yes oh and also um is it rain rain wilson rain wilson's in the yeah in the yeah he's just an extra he's the requisitions officer he talks in the limo and he shows up at his house that that's like i think this might be the only two appearances that he has or at least like main on screen ones i think he is maybe with the tech crew in one scene where uh, Tony Shalhoub's character is like talking on the monitor, and that's like mm. it. Yeah, like, he's just in the background. Like he's right. not even. For those who don't know, Rain Wilson is uh, Dwight Dwight Schrute on uh, Dwight, the Office. Dwight Schrute. Dwight Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute on the Office. Also in the Meg, and is ridiculous oh, in the Meg. Yeah, we... he's an eccentric <laughs> billionaire. It's Bring, perfect. He actually does a great job. Together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also Segways has. The other Thermian, one of the other Thermians is, did you ever watch Scrubs? Yeah. You know, the lawyer Ted from yeah. Scrubs, the guy who's, he's one of the Thermians in the back too. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. Like there's a lot of, a lot of talent in this movie. Yeah. In the background. Going back to Justin Long, he nailed his role as Brandon. Like even when he like is talking to like the, the communicator with Tim Allen, he's just like, brandon <laughs> but like he, he like squeaks <laughs> like in mid r or whatever and it's yeah. it's just oh, it's so good like everybody's timing in this is just fantastic yeah, and the comedic timing is just on point yeah like it was it was like watching masters at play in terms of just the writing and then just everybody just doing their roles like it, it was so tight in that sense and i loved every person's performance in this movie like you can't look at anybody and say ah they weren't very good. Everybody was great. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's right. nothing like, you can't really argue it. I'm but, trying to like I'm trying to think if there's any other than that. I kind of hate Tim Allen. Like I don't hate him in this movie though. He's so good in it. Like, mm-hmm. oh man. And then the, I feel like a lot of this movie, a lot of that great timing probably comes down to editing too. Because there's sure. like you can like as an adult i can see lots of times where like they had to use editing tricks in mm. scenes it feels like because allegedly this movie was darker when they originally made it and the test screenings didn't go well so they like edited it to be more comedic too really i could not imagine yeah. this movie doing well at all i know in right? a serious light <laughs> like it just i just can't see that and i'm just so no, glad that wasn't the case yeah, definitely I'm the better really, call. really happy with how it turned it's just like you can kind of tell like little continuity errors that you're not, unless you're like looking for them you know but like mm-hmm. there's lots of just little moments where you can say okay they they futzed with that in editing and they made it like they turned like an okay thing into a great thing like whoever edited this movie i feel like they they deserve a raise for sure good job. i think one of my favorite parts of this movie is like the first time the crew finally makes it all on board and they're all like starting to get acclimated and then once they finally see Saris and the majority of them want to get the F out and go home. Yeah. 
And, but he's like, guys, do you want to, would you really want to go home? Like, you know, this is the role of a lifetime. Do you want to miss out on all this? And part of me is looking at it like, I wouldn't want to leave. This is a great opportunity. This is cool. You're in space. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to disagree with you. This, uh, as watching analytically, this would have been something I would have taken issue with in a new movie that wasn't baked in with tons of nostalgic love Mm -hmm. for me. They're just actors and they're so easily persuaded by somebody that they hate to be like, yeah, let's hang out on this. If they just hung out in the docking, I could maybe buy it. But when they're like, all right, Tommy, you got to fly this thing. Like, and he's like, all right, I guess I'll risk killing us all right now. I don't know how this works. I'm going to crash like, this giant ship into the wall yeah, of the spaceport. Like, it makes no sense that they would go along with it at all. Like, why would they not? I would be free. I'd be freaking out. If but I was like they tell him, though, it's like they learned this by watching you. Yeah. So if you just do what but you I did. Enough to convince me as an actor yeah. that I can fly an alien spaceship. Like, like just—I don't think the other actors would be along for the ride. I we don't just think need to I find you your own Tim Allen to convince you. I yeah, think you could be swayed. I, mean. I think be, I think it could be done. I just don't know if they did. I think the actors are so good that I buy it because they're so good. But I don't know in the writing stage alone. If I were reading the script, I would probably have been like, why did they agree to this? I could see Tim Allen. He's desperate for fame and like for people to adore him. I, the other cast. Alan Rickman's character, I could see it because it's like, this is the real chance to fully live a role. So you could sway him. I almost believe he would be the most annoyed though, because Commander Dagger, the person he hates the most, the god on the ship. And now he's going to actually have to live under his rule. Like, like, I don't know if he'd be willing to sacrifice like his mm-hmm. integrity to have to actually take orders from Jason. Cause he right. hates Jason so much. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh man. And also, can we talk about this has bothered me for the last 20 years, almost of this that movie scene that we were talking. Yeah. This has always bothered me. This thing. Okay. So we talked about how he is driving. He drives and he hits the wall, right? Uh-huh. Really funny bit where it's the epic moment and he starts to veer and he just screeches against the wall and the paint's peeling. The part that's hitting the wall is the nose of the ship. And you can see that it's scratched on the nose of the ship when it comes out of the bay. Oh, I know where how you're going. How is with this. the nose hitting and not the giant wing? The nose is like way in. The wings are humongous. They would have been like broken against the wall for the nose to be able to hit it. It It's magical and whimsical. Just let it it happen. It's (laughs) driven me insane for 20 years. Mm. I was thinking that too. I was like, how is this engine not scraping? It would have to be like (laughs) this. Like he'd be so angled. And then straighten out as you get out. It's like. But you don't even see like how that's how they leave the spaceport. They leave like straight out. Yeah, that kind of that defies physics. It does. Yeah. Special Thermian technology. Right. It's still a great scene, though. Oh, it is. It's a very funny scene. Because like everybody's just like, come on, (laughs) come on. He's like, what? You want to drive? Oh, God. Here's so good. Another note about how oddly committed they seem to be to making this random movie. Um, I remember this from the 
pay-per-view like special features before the movie played when i was a kid mm. i remember they talked about um how the stage of the ship was actually built elevated on like hydraulics so that instead of having all the actors just like throw themselves to the left or the right when it got hit the stage actually tilted oh uh, that's cool on, so they actually shifted like the stage around i always thought that was really neat that that's a nice they touch. that extra mile because i just remember sigourney weaver in the special feature like and i just kind of wish they would have just let us tilt i don't know why they have to throw us around but i remember her just being annoyed in the special features but it made the movie that much better yeah we all needed to see them just get bit, flicked around yeah. Yeah, it's just that I love when filmmakers go take the extra effort to really sell it, you know, make For it sure. feel more real, even if it would seemingly be imperceptible to the audience. Sure, like we're probably thinking, ah, oh, they're just jumping and flinging themselves around, but it's one of those like we're not going to realize it, but the actors are just going to sell it that much easier by just mm-hmm. going through it. Um, I still think my favorite actor in this entire movie is sam rockwell so good he's so freaking good like playing the fanboy that was an extra on it once that got killed but still is like leading cons and just is like a diehard of the series such an awesome idea for a character i noticed watching this time um when they are going backstage to meet up with the Thermians, they don't know the Thermians yet or whatever. Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell's there hitting on a woman. Yeah. And she says when she walks away, but you live with your mom. Like, yeah, she's walking away. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like, guy. he's just this poor goon of a dude. And I love it too. Like he just, oh gosh, when they go up, so when they go to get the Berlin spheres on the planet mm-hmm. and um, he's like, I changed my mind. I want to go back. Like he realizes like he's the red shirt. Like he's a non-named crew member. He's like, my character wasn't even important enough to have a last name. I'm just crewman number six. God, you have a last name. Do Do I? (laughs) He is bringing it back to screen. He's the, uh, the Jamie Kennedy of this movie. Um, Cause in scream, Jamie Kennedy knows all the horrors. Yeah. telling them like this is what's gonna happen that's exactly what guy is in this movie he yeah is the, like yeah, he's the one that I, is the most self-aware mm-hmm. he's like the, is... he's the most self-aware fool in the movie honestly kind of like cabin in the woods he's like the stoner in the cabin in the woods yeah, he fully exactly, gets it yeah. but nobody's yeah. trusting him because they think he's nuts exactly they think he's just an idiot but it makes it makes perfect sense for his character too because like they all have nothing else in their lives you know, beyond that one role, but he's the only one who didn't even get to be a star to get an ego about it. So he's like inundated in that culture, trying to learn as much about the show as possible. Right. Uh, I love that. That whole scene on the planet with the brilliant sphere is probably one of the highlights of the movie. It's so good. Like, especially like when you see the little, like the miners, honestly, I like that little line too. It's, it's so quippy. Miners, not miners. <laughs> well, they got to miners. Yeah. I mean, they got to be like three, four years old. Miners, uh, not miners. I don't get it. <laughs> or you lost me. It's so good. It, and it's something that's just so quick and snappy. Like if you're a kid, that's right over your head. You don't get that. That's for the parents. I, I remember as a kid just being like, I don't. I remember distinctly being like, I don't. It's like, it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> What's the joke? 
I don't understand. It's like, why was this funny? I don't know. Gosh, and I just love it too. Like he fully calls it like, you know, a la Scream or even like like Cabin in the Woods. Like, yeah, they're cute now, but just wait. Somehow they're going to get mean. There's going to be a million more of them. And we're going to be running away and it's going to get real bad real fast. And that's it just, another, okay, that's another thing. Rewatching it as an adult and trying to take off my lens nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it makes no sense that Tim Allen gets stuck on that on that planet like the only well, he reason totally he, throws himself off yeah it's like it's so dumb i don't understand unless he's just trying to kill himself that's the only thing i can think of like because the suicidal? door seemed like it was closing no problem yeah it was close they had tons of time to get on the ship if he just hadn't art he's like get on they yeah like have like another 40 seconds that there's nothing attacking them it's i like, guess it's one of those like they all just started to assume their roles so much that like that was just such a natural beat of the show that in his yeah. mind like that's this is what i need to do i must yeah be i'll pretend to get on and then i'm gonna jump <laughs> off and like, they just they just yell at him like oh it's all about you and he just oh my gosh i love how like during the like fight too like even getting in there like doing the tactical roles kind of like mm-hmm. like like Star Trek and then he just somehow manages to lose his shirt in the fight. You got to you got to show off that hot Tim Allen bod. That's yeah. what really elevates the movie to. A- yeah. Tim Who knew Allen's that physique. a stomach six pack could look not in shape. <laughs> like look at it it's like he's got like a six pack. Yeah. But his, yeah. but the rest of his body I don't know it's like is it just a 300 style makeup? Like what is this? How is this possible? <laughs> I can't tell if he's in great shape or horrible. Yeah. yeah. Is this like healthy dad bod? I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at it like, can I have this bod? Can I aspire to this? I don't know. Is this aspiring, a good thing to as- <laughs> you're aspiring to Tim Allen's body, you've you're clearly a lost cause, I think. <laughs> oh, I guess I am. My life's over. I'm done. I'm dying. Oh my gosh. Another th- another great thing that happened too with Sam Rockwell is like he just eventually is just like, whatever. I'm going to, and he just ends up like the idea of him being like the comedic relief, like totally just changes his mindset later in the movie. And he's like, oh, I could matter. Yeah. I like that oh. too. Little character journeys. Yes. Little, little arcs for everybody. Yeah. Except, except for Sigourney Weaver. She doesn't really get one. She's just, I feel like. She's just, That's true. She just still just announces the computer. Level, she's pretty level headed to begin with. Mm-hmm. She's like the, everybody there. She's like the voice of reason to begin with. She's like the way, proverbial so. mom of the crew, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she doesn't really need the journey as much as everybody else does. Mm-hmm. For a comedy, there is still one scene in this movie that every time I see it almost makes me cry. Almost every time. It's I'm trying to think of what it could be. So um, it's when uh, Quillick gets uh, shot in the chest. Oh. And um, Alan Rickman's character has been the greatest pleasure of my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. like Alan Rickman, like the whole time hates his like his version of live long and prosper um, yes. from the Star Trek films and shows. It's like he hates saying by grab Thar's hammer, like that whole speech. But he sees how much it means to these people. And this guy is clearly about to, to die. And for it's like it's at that moment he's finally bought in like wholeheartedly and it it took him to like have that moment and once he says it for him and the guy just like 
smiles. It's very childlike in that sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, it's truly like the Thermians are like kids. They are children. Yeah. Very, very yeah. naive people or a very naive species or alien race. And, mm-hmm. um, but like seeing it like that interaction and just that dialogue. And then he finally says it and he like, he's like, he can die with peace. Every time I hear that, like, I almost cry every time. Like, I, I'm, I feel it, man. I'm feeling it right now. Thank yeah, like, uh, yeah, there's uh, such power in it. And, I, I mean, Alan Rickman, I think, really sells that. Like, you could see, like, his emotion. Like, you you could feel his sadness with the character. Um, and also that the guy is passing. And then the way he just constructs. He's, he's like, you could tell he's trying to fight back his sad emotion. He's trying to be strong for this guy to like help him feel okay that it's time to pass. And Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I was going to go somewhere else with Alan Rickman and I totally spaced. I thought we were just having a moment of silence for our dearly departed Thermian brother. (laughs) (laughs) By Grabthar's hammer. By the, Oh God, I, I want to learn the whole thing. <laughs> By Grabthar Summer. <laughs> what a savings. That's uh, going to be... I need to make... I, I feel like that's a perfect Twitch alert if they ever do another, like, um, subscriptions are on sale type deal. Oh, just my gosh. Yes. Alert. <laughs> <laughs> or just have it just be, what a savings. Or, like, you see, like, they, they resubbed after continuing their $1 yeah. sub or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a savings. Savings. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I mean, this, it's, it's so cool. You know, we we were talking about this too. Like, I guess going back to, you know, the, the Thermians being very childlike and, you know, our, the way we broadcast television and movies is through satellites and, you know, those waves, you know, project beyond earth. So those are continuing somewhere. And I think that was a cool idea to kind of build in this movie as well, that like some, the idea of, you know, we're sending out signals, somebody will hear it somewhere, whether it's hundreds, thousands, or X amount of years later. And it was cool. Like, (laughs) you know, they perceive this as like a historical transmission. Like these are document documentary or documentaries or like, you know, historical record of these missions historical documents and um when they're first meeting him for the first time when the crew is meeting the the thermians they're like surely you don't think gilligan's island is real like oh those poor people (laughs) (laughs) and they're like oh god and just the idea of oh my gosh like you know people are like another species could be perceiving our movies or our entertainment as As, fact or like real things happening which is, we talked about this a little bit before, which is like the most, man, the Thermians got lucky that those must have really done their research because somehow it works. everything they wrote works for the Thermians. Right, like, yeah, like all the technology, yeah, all, all the, the suits, for, for all the science. can power an engine. How do, An Omega-13, that they don't even know what it does, but they somehow create, a device that does something based yeah. on the description. Or they found the it and they're like, we don't know what it does yeah. either. We hope you could enlighten yeah. us. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I love that aspect of it. Just the nonsense that, like, even when they're synthesizing the food, 
they synthesized those like cockroaches for uh yeah well it's, it's the same it's, yeah it's the same technology yeah. as like when they change the way they look i think it's yes. the same tech they're using for the food like the food is still the food but they, i i think that's I the way said, i interpreted it this time he was said they programmed their food synthesizer with all of their home. oh like it's so in a way it's like bam this is your food versus like yeah. this is all the food we have on the station but we're gonna make it look like food yeah. from your home i assume that it is they actually have created it so what i want to know is mm. did those fake bugs from his were those bugs mentioned in the galaxy quest tv show or is his home fake home planet a real planet that that's the actual cuisine that it's known for or dude like, i don't never, know yeah that yeah. kind of makes you wonder because at least like with tim allen's character like a steak and potatoes like okay yeah. that's a very yeah. human being middle america and i know meal. earth is real so maybe they could just like look up about earth with their technology but sure like, is alan rickman's alien planet real mm -hmm. out there somewhere where the was the writer of galaxy quest originally from yeah. space who knows but in a way, I think another thing that's kind of cool, too, is like because everything worked with the science for them to recreate the ships, every like I think, you know, nerdy kid or a kid that likes sci fi, some part of you is like, man, wouldn't it be really cool yeah. if that oh, yeah. was real? <laughs> and that moment when they're when Tim Allen's like communicating with Justin Long's character and the kid's like, you know, I'm, you know, I just want you to know, like, I'm not a brain case. I'm not crazy. And he's like, <laughs> I know just, it's fake. He's like, it's <laughs> real. It's all real. Oh my God. I knew it. It's like, that's all he needed to hear was it's real. And mm -hmm. I think every nerdy kid wants that at some point. Like you want to know that star Wars is real you, or you want to get your Harry Potter letter. <laughs> yeah. Like you, yeah, exactly. You want to get your own letter or you want to know that there is a platform nine and three quarters. And if you hit it just right, you're going right through it. And just, we've everybody wants that kids. Sure. Run through a wall when no one was around, like really believe. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so cool that like, and not only that too, because other, those kids also were such fans of the show, like in a pre Reddit era, all had the yeah. blueprints of the ship, but they all had different levels of the ship. <laughs> and so they had to like get on like a Skype call or a discord call to like walk through how to get to where they needed to go and like get the timing of like the clamper chomper room and, oh, yeah. and all that. Like it's, it's so cool. Cause like in a way too, you know, going 20 years on this movie, not much has changed in that sense in terms of in fandom and nerd culture and con culture and how much people consume their their content and whatever that they like and to the level that they choose to look into it. Like even Lord of the Rings and like the Cimmerillion and like yeah. encyclopedias and like how into it people can get. That still exists today. And just with the Thermians as just an analog for fans, how bring greater life to a property like they bring their own life to something they they take it sometimes beyond what the creators ever expected and and they know more about it than the creators ever could and mm -hmm. just the way that like that is I feel like a perfect thing for our culture in which people make their own fan movies their own fan like stories their fan websites dedicated to discussing the minutia like the thermians are the ultimate 
internet fans yes in a way. They they're they're the their yeah. reddit before salt made its way to reddit like i think what reddit was designed to be is the way the thermians perceive galaxy <laughs> quest yes. that was what reddit was supposed to be everybody <laughs> ruined it then then there were humans on it and not yes naive space termites yes instead. human beings ruined reddit which it was pure my most important point which is this movie is the movie that mainstream tentacle porn through i think japan Gen. i think and japan did that on its own <laughs> that always freaked me out though is the right and it's like why would you even be okay with this with that because they show that the cloaker comes off when like they're getting down so he's just like to quote Sam Rockwell, that's not right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Speaking of quotes, <laughs> such a quotable movie. Oh my I mean, gosh. How many times have you heard "Never give up, never surrender"? Never give like, up, never surrender is such a great line. It is. It that's is. Another, it's so good. That's another perfect beat that this movie has for a script is the stating of like the theme, the the message, the "never give up, never surrender." You mm-hmm. always say it in the beginning. And at the end, and have them kind of mean something different or have a different tone to them. Mm-hmm. So Jason says it right in that first five minutes when he steps out on stage, and he says it in the exact same spot, but with a completely different mentality and context behind it. There has been growth. Yes. <laughs> Perfectly balanced as all things should be. Right. And I guess kind of circling back to like the Thermians being like the ultimate pure fan. In a way, I think we're living in a time right now where the ultimate fan is now in charge of the IP, you know, much like Star Trek and Star Wars, you know, you know, Golden Boy, J.J. Abrams, you know, someone who is a true fan of those is now creating the next versions of those properties that even though, yeah, they're a little different, they have such reverence and respect for what came before versus before then it felt like it was just the movie machine churning their crap out but i feel like we finally have hit a point where you know we we see that now like kind of like within galaxy quest when the show kind of comes back it seems like it's you know like when star trek first kind of circled back but now this is kind of like with us in movies that there's this refresh of you know we know what we are and we're proud of it and there seems to be new life given to it and we're kind of getting to experience that now which is kind of fun, you know, it's it's almost hitting the 20-year mark. And I think that's kind of like what happened in the movie as well. Maybe not quite the exact same spacing, but like at the con, yeah. the show aired like in the 80s. And then yeah, and then the movie takes place, I think like current day, like 99. Yeah, which is funny because I read like a year ago that Amazon was a TV show. Oh, I know. I remember seeing that. And I was like, oh, please, yeah. please be real. And please get everybody. I mean, you can't get everybody because of, you know, no Alan Rickman. You'll never be able but... to get them all. But yeah. I still, I, I'd like to believe that there's there's some juice in that, that <gasps> idea that I'd be down for. What if you were able to do it with Justin Long and all the kids? Oh, my God. Like the so nerdy good. kids, like, became actors and wanted to be on the show. And now they get to do it. Or they're writers for the show. They're writers for Galaxy Quest. (gasps) That would be the best. real. Yes. And then he he somehow... I mean, you Uh, get me Justin Long with Thermians, I'm in. 
right? If that eventually happens. That honestly is, I think, I think that's how I would love to see this show. Cause like, um, the kid that's got like the really long neck, he was in accepted. Like the kid that felt like he could set things on fire with his mind. I'm going to be able to blow shit up with my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) those kids. And then I, I don't know the other two, I don't think the other two really went on to do much or anything else, but at least, that other guy the did. One looks, the one looks like he would be Spencer Breslin's stand-in. Or like a young uh, Andy Milanakis or something. I don't yeah, know. There we go. Neither, neither are positive. Um, no, but I think that, honestly, that might be a cool way to kind of spin that show. Like those I nerdy kids become that. writers for it and they're like super hell-bent on the way they know it because they know that it's authentic and real. Mm-hmm. That'd be neat. Honestly, I'd like a Galaxy Quest sequel, and that's the sequel. Um, anything, honestly, I'd, I'd give another Galaxy, provided you get some of the behind the camera talents in there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, yeah, because it's a real fine line to uh to walk to make it great on its own right, but also funny and kind of digging. But lovingly at the like the original material, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. And there's so many um, this you know this movie's well received when like even like Patrick Stewart is like it's a really great movie. Like he didn't want to watch it at first because he thought it would just be making fun of Star Trek, and mm-hmm. then he watched it and said it was actually probably like the best Star Trek movie. And <laughs> there's one of the IMDb fun facts for it was J.J. Um, Abrams is a big fan of the movie too. And he says that the um, the last minute teleport that happens in the Star Trek uh, 2009 movie when like they're falling or whatever, and they get teleported is like a is like oh his homage to Galaxy or Quest or an homage to like when Tim Allen gets right constantly on him. Dude, that's yeah. kind of cool. Like, that's a cool right, little imagine bit. Imagine the movie that was inspired by parodying Star Trek eventually gets an homage in a star trek film oh yeah <laughs> like, that's that's bringing it full circle that's that's pretty crazy oh my gosh that's awesome yeah honestly like so, i think it's pretty easy to say like we enjoy this movie very much yes i 100 percent recommend this movie with every ounce of my being I yeah say. if you like comedies and you're even sci-fi anything star wars star trek whatever like any person that is a fan of like geek culture yeah you will most likely enjoy this movie absolutely yeah and it doesn't even it's not even aged particularly poorly because they only use cg on things that they could get away with it on Mm -hmm. i would say like a lot of the really just the spaceships really more than anything like exteriors spaceships the uh the little monster fish people oh the little kids yeah and then and then the rock monster i'm sure but like those are things that are rock monster still looked kind of good like even when it's like barreling down the hallway or whatever like it looked pretty great yeah it's a rock like that's some they did things that they could do yeah cg very believably yeah they weren't trying to reinvent the wheel or bring something new that's like we could do this if they had done like saracen cg i'd be like this is hard to but yeah they didn't yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely one of those things where like it was a good balance of practical in cg which still seems to be an issue today <laughs> yeah it does i can't imagine how honestly i think that's like the, one of the most frustrating things at this point you know a movie like galaxy quest and 
you know, Jurassic Park. Films that came around not too far apart from each other, but in an era where CG isn't as strong as it was today, but realized you could accomplish a lot practically, but they use CG to sell things that they could not do in camera. Like, you just couldn't do it. And I wish more movies would realize what you could do and what you can't do and try to do everything as practical as possible, knowing that it's just the movie will age better and yeah. it'll just it, it'll just it'll just be better. Your Everything actors will, will be able to react better. Better, yeah. Like you could just CG the floor moving or have everyone build a platform and tilt it to make people move. Just go the extra mile when making films. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent. And I understand there's you have you have budgets and things you have to maintain and deadlines and times not on your side, but. You know, so it's kind of like a, it's a hopeless hope, but it is something that I desire. Or when I see it in movies, I'm very, it makes me appreciate that movie that much more, knowing that like you went through that little extra effort to sell this moment to me and I appreciate it that much Mm -hmm. more. Because it's, to me, it's, you understood what you couldn't do. And more often than not, I feel like the, 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 the moment or the sequence that I get to experience is, you know, better off for it and i think this it's helped that help this movie age just so well 100 percent agree yeah well guys i think that's going to probably conclude our review here on galaxy quest but before we go mega where can we find you on the internet you can find me at twitch.tv slash megamagwitch playing some crappy video games i don't know what <laughs> I don't play it. I'm live uh, weeknight, normally at this time, but I didn't go live, so I podcast instead. Awesome. Um, so from eight to eleven on uh, weeknights Eastern time, come hang out. We got lots of Christmas stuff. This it'll be great. That's can it. confirm. Mega is a fantastic human. I'll make sure I put his links all in the description for you guys. Uh, you can find us here always, every time. Uh, we will be back again next month at twitch.tv slash Captain McFly with a one and the Y. Um, I stream three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 o'clock Central. Uh, variety of different games, whether it's, you know, RPGs like Zelda to looter shooters like Destiny. Uh, recently just played through Resident Evil 7. So a bit of a variety streamer. I like lots of things. Uh, we, it was. I enjoyed myself very much. A lot of callbacks to such a variety of like horror movies like saw and obviously resident evil but also like um texas chainsaw massacre and it it was a lot of fun tropes definite texas chainsaw massacre vibes which was probably why the game affected me a lot in the beginning because that movie the original texas chainsaw massacre is probably the movie that creeped me out like the most as a kid like <laughs> the dinner the dinner scene in the texas chainsaw or whatever when like they're all with the family yeah uh, it's like the, i'm just like everything about it feels so gross and like real and <laughs> clenched Ugh. so that's yeah. a game that'd be great in vr for sure so guys we will be back again next month doing something holiday related we may do a bonus episode because we missed october Keep your eyes peeled on Twitter. You can find me at Captain McFly. You can find Mega Magwitch at Mega Magwitch. Tweet at us. Let us know what you let us know what you would like to see and what you'd like us to review. We're open to input and suggestions. Um, 
and then I'll make sure that we get that posted and to you guys as soon as possible. And uh, until next time, thank you for being amazing. And we will see you in a few weeks. <laughs>